What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Week 5 Matchup Recap. It's just me and Garrett again tonight. Um, we're going to do the same thing we did last week, where since our matchup's at the top, we'll just do that one at the end. So you guys don't have to skip through that if you don't want to. So we'll start off with uh, Kurt versus Hop. Uh, we're going to split it up this week between me and Garrett, each of us just taking one team and running through it real quick. So, uh, Garrett, you start off and uh, break down Kurt's team real quick. Yeah, tough loss for Kurt. Hop had a great week, but uh, you hate to see this kind of production from his receivers without Mike Evans there. Uh, I think Evans is obviously still <clears throat> pretty strong wide receiver two or still low end wide receiver one, even with Jameis back there. No more Fitz magic. I uh, got to think that he's missing Cooper Cup right about now, though. Jameson Crowder, Collins pick of the week last week. Just an average. Just a couple of average games for Williams, Davis, and Crowder across the board. Uh, his running back core is really solid, though. Melvin Gordon, total stud still. Joe Mixon looks like the breakout candidate that we all expected. Carrion Johnson also looks due for some more touches uh, and a pretty – actually getting more balanced offense. Um, and then he even had 22 points out of his defense, so you really hate to see your wide receivers really bring you down that much. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and carry on. It's tough to see him watch uh, Legarrette Blunt put two goal line scores in there. If Matt Patricia gets any sense and starts using him as a workhorse, you kind of see what his ceiling can be with how much uh, work Legarrette Blunt steals from him. If you give that to carry on, he could be uh, a real solid RB one down the stretch. So then on hop side of the ball, you know Russell Wilson has been really underwhelming all year. Um, you know he hasn't really shown his uh, ceiling that he had last year. Um, Hogan and Josh Gordon, uh, I mean, it's a tough to expect a uh, real top production out of both of those guys. I mean, it is the Patriots, but they spread the ball around so much. Aside from Gronk, it's really hard to see which one guy is going to go off each week, let alone two of them. Mm-hmm. Chester Rogers was a solid play uh, just with the absence of receivers and the Colts uh, on Thursday night. Uh, he picked, you know, the top guy, even though 14.6 isn't really that great of a performance he still it was enough to obviously keep him going through the week Gurley has just been incredible through the first uh five weeks of the season right now he's on pace for 22 rushing touchdowns and six receiving touchdowns and the crazy part about it is Gurley is actually bottom five in the league and how often he faces stacked boxes he's only facing eight men in the box 10 percent of the time and it's because it's impossible to stack the box against the Rams because we'll just throw all over you going three wide every set and just with Sean McVay's offensive genius. So it's hard to see that production really stopping at this point because they just can't stop Gurley with a seven-man front. Um, Eckler has shown each week he can do just enough to give you that 10 to 15-point floor. Ebron was really one of the biggest deciding factors here for Hop going off with two touchdowns. And then Thielen, uh, he's the first player in NFL history to put up 100 yards through his first five weeks of the season. So, I mean, he looks like he's just going to keep putting up numbers. He's getting the targets. Uh, yeah, Hop with a 2.6 points out of his defense and really only eight out of the kicker, but he skated by with some good performances out of his other players. Do um, you have anything to add there on his side? Yeah, just to go back to Ebron, do you think his production is sustainable – with T.Y. Hilton probably coming back pretty soon, and I'm not sure when Jack Doyle's coming back, but when those two guys are back, do you think he's got a solid spot in that offense that looks really pass-heavy, or do you think it's just kind of a 
crazy week for him because the last one was a garbage time touchdown, but he got a ton um, of targets. Yeah, I mean, I think he uh, has a role definitely in the red zone. I think he's one of their biggest guys, but I don't think with those guys back, he's going to get the looks he got. I think what he got 12 targets this week, and that's definitely not sustainable from the tight end position there with so many uh, talented guys coming back. But I think he'll have uh, enough of a red zone role to be playable week to week if you need him. Yeah. I mean, he's got Hooper on the bench who randomly had a good game too, so he can cover uh, together yeah, Hooper's actually, uh, you know, his first few weeks of the season, he only ran, like, less than 10 routes per game. In the last two weeks, he's ran, like, 26 and 37 routes, I think. So, depending on the matchup and uh, just game plan going forward, it looks like they may get him a little bit more involved, which would be interesting. Well, their defense is just completely it's decimated. Horrible. So I Yeah, they're going to be – well, it's just so many injuries. So you can't really blame them. But um, it seems like he's going to have a pretty solid game script going forward. Yeah, um, and then also I just had to add on uh, Kurt's side with Mike Williams. You know, he had that big week, and it's looked like his uh, his targets have been going down, but he's actually been on the field still uh, 70% of the time snap-wise. His snap count hasn't declined at all. So it looks like Rivers just doesn't seem to trust him yet. Um, so that looked like it was going to be a promising play, but uh, it's looking like it's a little more risky week to week. Yeah, I mean, Rivers is another one of those guys like how the – Pats or Saints have a lot of weapons. I mean, even without um, – I forgot who went down for them this past week. One of the receivers, but they have Tyra Williams, Keenan Allen. Uh, Travis Benjamin, was it? Travis Benjamin was out this past week, and he still couldn't really capitalize on it because Rivers still loves Antonio Gates, and both of their backs are pretty big threats out of the backfield, as evidenced by another pretty solid performance from Eckler. Yep, Definitely. All right, uh, we'll move on to the next one. We got James versus Jake. Real tough loss for James here. Uh, Garrett, you can take James aside. I mean, I hate to harp on trades, but <laughs> I mean, it's I, actually I wouldn't even say that. I think Marshawn kind of got put in the doghouse after a really, really disappointing call from Gruden to go with a <clears throat> play action pass on the one yard line that ended up being a pick for Derek Carr. Um, and then was kind of subbed out for Jalen Richard when they were playing catch up. Um, but James surprising got a good amount of production out of LaShawn McCoy, who looks to have promising, you know, whether he stays in Buffalo or goes wherever, but has some solid production out of there. <clears throat> Baltimore defense has been really stout all year. Definitely a good play, but his receivers without digs are not as superior as, I mean, we talked about it in the pre matchup thing but just not on that superior level of like a Jake or an Andrew type team so even though Galladay had a really good game and Woods was the beneficiary of both Cup and Cooks going down Funchess just doesn't get enough volume to really sustain that kind of production yeah um Woods, yeah, he's looking good, and depending on the next week, whether uh, Cup and Brandon Cooks are back, he could really uh, see a huge week next week. He's actually in the top 15 uh, in terms of wide receivers through the first five weeks on uh, separation. He's averaging like 3.5 yards of separation uh, per route run, which is uh, pretty solid with Jared Goff, you know, looking as good as he has, and Sean McVay's play calling. If the other two receivers are out next week, I could see him putting up 30 points pretty easily. So there's definitely hope going forward with that receiving core, I think. Um, So then on Jake's side of the ball, Stafford, you know, put up kind of a disappointing week, but that's really his floor. He never does much worse than that. Julio really kind of disappeared. I don't think he was got a catch till the fourth quarter, um, which, 
sucks, but that's kind of what we've come to expect with Julio. Sanders has shown he's going to be one of the most consistent uh, receiving options throughout the season if he can stay healthy. Juju really saw a target dip, but that was mainly because of Antonio Brown throwing a bitch fit and uh, having Ben look look his way 13 times, even though he only completed, what, like six of them? Um, James White every week is starting to look like, you know, a really reliable RB2, maybe RB1. But uh, oh, RB one for sure. Look at those numbers. Well, going down the stretch, it's it's still hard to tell with Edelman back. I mean, that was the theory last week, and he still saw ten catches. But um, it'll be interesting to see if he can sustain that. Um, but it's definitely looking good going forward, and his floor is ten to twelve. So um, Philip Lindsay, you've kind of seen what he can do. There's not really going to be too many blow up games from him or Freeman with them splitting the work. Kittle as we keep saying, looks to be one of the best steals of the draft. And Jordy Nelson actually seems like he might be a little bit more predictable than we thought. It seems like whenever uh, the Raiders play a team with one real shutdown corner who follows Amari, Jordy seems to get some good looks in his absence. So he actually might be a little bit more of a reliable option going forward than uh, a lot of us thought in the preseason. Um, and then, you know, when you look at the kicker in defense, James's <laughs> kicker scored way less than Jake's, but then his defense did more than Jake's. You know, it just across the board – they just kind of traded advantages at one position for advantages at the other position. It just came down to literally 2.14 point game, which sucks. Yeah. And I think to your point about Jordy Nelson, even without a shutdown corner, Amari Cooper tends to shut down himself a lot of the time. And Jordy just having that better knowledge and stuff is able to, to get those easy underneath targets from Carr, you know, him and Zeth Roberts and even Martavis Bryant. I have a couple of big plays. So with that game script, there's plenty of opportunity. But going back to something we mentioned in the pre-matchup, as you can see, Kittle and Gronk pretty much had the same score. Do you think, you know, with all the, you know, we mentioned James White, with all the different targets in New England, is Gronk still regarded as someone who has a blow-up potential? Blow-up potential, absolutely. I mean, he's Gronk and it's the Patriots and just depends on their game plan, which is different every week. But I don't know if you can really call him the definite, you know, number one fantasy tight end this season, at least just with the way they're kind of scheming um, their offense this year. And they're really not just relying on him as their big guy over the middle, at least so far from what we've seen. Uh, You know, week one, he showed us, you know, what he can do. But blow potential for sure. But I don't know if he's going to be reliable to a, a reliable bet to be the number one tight end at the end of the week each week anymore. Right. Yeah, just that he used to average like 16, 17 points a game, and he's really only hit a couple times this year, actually. Right. All right. uh, Next, we're going to move on to David versus Andrew. Garrett, go ahead and break down David's pitiful score. Was this the lowest score of the season so far? I believe so. I think Hop had 90 in his first week. All right. Go ahead. I mean, it's pretty much been the been the same story for David. A whole four point six points out of both of his receivers, a total of sixteen yards, and then he still maintains it. There's no problem. I think it was a little bit of a lower than it should have been. Anunwa was dealing with a hand injury. Baldwin always going to be injured. Fuller had a bit of a hamstring issue through our practice this week. But that being said, he still has a. <clears throat> best running back four in the league Zeke and McCaffrey just consistently hovering around the projections even though 
Uh, Houston did a pretty good job of shutting down Zeke in terms of keeping him out of the end zone, but he did show a little bit more versatility as a pass catcher. Um, without Breda, potentially for a couple weeks, Dalvin Cook's dad is still up in the air. I mean, it's lucky to have both, but at some point you're going to have to realize that wide receivers are the key to points, and he doesn't have any. Yeah, uh, I'm just seeing this now. What happened to Robbie Gould? Why didn't he score any points? He missed. He just missed. Really? Mason Crosby type week, yeah. Speaking wow. of Mason Crosby, yeah. Oh, yeah, on the other side. Oh, that was a rough one. Like I said, probably lost me a week in fantasy in another league. Um, yeah, so look, moving on to Andrew there. Uh, Breeze had a really great game and, you know, broke some record or a record there. Um, Mike Thomas didn't really benefit from it as much. Um, it was like a, more of a Traquan Smith night. But uh, between that and Amari Cooper, it was kind of a letdown there. But Diggs did enough to keep him afloat. And, I mean, he didn't put up a great week, but again, when you're putting up, going up against 88 points, you don't have to do much. Ingram showed that he's still going to be used just as much as he was last year, and he's still just as good when he's not sticking roids in his ass. Um, kind of a down week from Hyde. And Jordan Reed last night seemed like he disappeared, but he actually played 39 snaps to Vernon Davis's 26, but they just targeted him two times. Um, and then Sony Michelle uh, is looking like he really could be, you know, open pretty much a workhorse back and a definite top 10 running back this year. He, even though he only played 28 snaps to James White, 62 um, when he's on the field, they use him and he looks like he can really uh, be proficient with his or efficient with his points. I should say, um, you have anything to add there? Yeah, I think to the Ingram thing, I, I'm pretty sure this was like a get, get right game for him. The Saints going to their bye this week. Kamara has been used like crazy the first four weeks. So I think they were just trying to, A, get Ingram more involved and also kind of save Kamara. They also had a huge lead, which contributed to them salting the clock, not having to go to Thomas and just let Ingram just kind of take the take the beating down the end there. But this matchup just makes me think, again, not to go back to it, but the James trade, like, why not ask for, in return for Diggs, either – you know, on Andrew's side of the ball, Carlos Hyde and Ingram have, you know, arguably better offensive schemes than Marshawn. And then David obviously needs a wide receiver, likes Diggs, and they didn't even go for, like, either Brady or Cook. I don't know. I'd just like to have a little bit of maybe explanation from one of those two. Uh, you're sniffing collusion everywhere. I'm not saying it's collusion. I'm just saying, you know – some bargaining. All right. You good to move on to the next one? Yeah. All right. Up next, we've got Joe versus George, the upset of the season so far. Go ahead and break down uh, Joe's squad there, Garrett. I uh, know. You could start it off. George deserves it. All right. Yeah. So I'll start off with George, the surprise winner here. Um, not the biggest score, but pretty much put up the exact same score as Andrew, and it was enough to get him through the week. Cam Newton was a little disappointing, but 18 points isn't the worst you can ask for. Sterling Shepard has uh, been getting a decently consistent amount of targets, and he runs a lot of his targets out of the slot, which are really valuable. Keenan Allen, um, really the only thing keeping him from doing what he did last year is getting a couple touchdowns, but he's still getting plenty of targets. And then Marvin Jones with one catch uh, is a little – uh, concerning, even though it was for a touchdown, you got to be a little concerned about that workload going forward. Isaiah Crowell is really obviously what drove George to the win here this week. Um, 
I mean, nobody expected him to break 200 rushing yards. I feel like this might be kind of like a Jay Ajayi situation a couple of years ago. Um, but he, he's shown he can put up some decent scores this week. He's seeing stack boxes about 33% of the time, which is really middle of the pack against um, – or middle of the pack in terms of all running backs that are qualified for that stat. But um, he's been really successful. His, his problem last year was that they were seeing so many stack boxes – as pretty much everybody had been doing against the Browns for the past three years, um, that he couldn't get a lot going. So it's kind of interesting to see him still being able to break off plays this year. Um, maybe, you know, Darnold is a little bit more of a threat than uh, the Browns had a quarterback last year. Mark Walton looked like the, the play that was going to ruin George this week uh, with Kenyon Drake on the bench, but his uh, team did enough. Jimmy Graham, um, you know, he had his biggest target count of the season so far, but that came with, two of the top three receivers being out. So if those guys come back, it'll be interesting to see what happens there next week. Um, D.D. Westbrook, that's just kind of a carousel of receivers at Jacksonville. It's really hard to predict week to week. But, um, again, he just did just enough. And then his kicker and defense combined for 20 or 19, which is respectable. Um, Do you have anything to add there? Um, No, George tried his best to lose, but Correll just decided to shoulder him all the way to the win with – pretty incredible day uh on joe's side just some pretty shitty luck honestly look at calvin ridley had a great matchup at pittsburgh didn't really do too much not sure why he didn't start the guy he spent like 27 bucks on with qt but whatever i think kamar like we said earlier wasn't really used too much could have been a rest day for him at home against washington um tyree kill you know you, you talked about it that he might be held in check against Jalen Ramsey, and he kind of was. Mahomes wasn't as sensational, but was kind of looking for a little bit more underneath stuff and a lot more Travis Kelsey this week. I think the only cause for concern for Joe would be the availability of Thompson and Peterson, who were both kind of banged up during that game last night. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like we said, you know, Alvin Kamara, I don't think there's really a lot of reason to worry with him going forward. I think they're just showing what they could do, and they didn't really need to use him when they were just mopping the floor with uh, Washington. Um, yeah. All right, are you good to move on to the next one? Yeah. All right, finally, we're going to move on to – or not finally, I guess, because we still got to do our matchup, but we're going to move <laughs> on to uh, – I know I don't want to talk about it, but uh, move on to – Manny versus Jay. Um, Manny's team, again, with another win here, looking like a pretty solid team, even with some uh, disappointing receiving uh, numbers this week outside of Odell. So, Garrett, go ahead. Yeah, like you said, outside of Odell, kind of a down week for him. Edelman obviously starts to get integrated in the offense, but it looks like that connection to Brady hasn't really faded at all. Probably could have had a bigger day on that one Um dig route that was just kind of missed. He dropped on the edge of the sideline. Could have easily hit a projection with that catch alone. Alshon Jeffrey had a tough day. It was tough for the Eagles in general, but um, Xavier Rhodes kind of shut him down. And then Aguilar, kind of an interesting play. I didn't think he was going to go with Aguilar, but, you know, more power to him. But, yeah, definitely got some help in terms of Jay's injuries and stuff, but – Aaron Jones, my pick of the week last week, didn't do too much, but it was just absolutely insane how little he was utilized against the de- against the Lions defense. Like, he should be touching the ball at least 20 times a game. Not even close. And the Packers really suffered for it, honestly. Yeah, um, and the coaching staff still refuses to acknowledge that he's clearly the best talent and give him some work. Um, he 
Uh, Brad Evans from Yahoo, I'm sure you guys all knew who I'm talking about, tweeted out a crazy stat that uh, Jamal Williams on 60 touches so far has forced one missed tackle, and Aaron Jones on 28 touches has forced 11 missed tackles. So if they don't realize that they need to play Aaron Jones more going forward, then uh, there needs to be some changes made there. I think without uh, Aaron Rodgers there, Mike McCarthy would uh, not be uh, the Packers head coach. I think he would have been fired a long time ago. Yeah, I agree as a Packers fan. All right, and then on the other side of the ball, uh, Jay had, you know, Jared Goff, it's disappointing to see after his monster few weeks, but uh, that's really, I think, is going to be his floor going forward. You're never really going to see him go lower than 16 points. Devontae Adams uh, putting up a really solid score, even with Darius Slay covering him pretty tightly, Um, so that was a surprise. Unfortunately, it just wasn't enough for Jay. Golden Tate has kind of shown uh, what we've all seen from him the past few years where he'll have some big weeks and some down weeks and he'll still finish at the end of the year as a top 12 receiver or uh, maybe top 15, but he's going to let you down sometimes. Jarvis Landry, um, it's pretty disappointing week. I mean, even though it's 12 points with what he's shown so far this season, that's pretty disappointing. Um, after this week, the next five weeks down the stretch for Jarvis Landry before the bye, he's facing the Chargers, whose secondary has actually been pretty disappointing compared to last year. The Bucks, the Steelers, the Chiefs, and then the Falcons, who all have really terrible pass defenses. So I think over the next five weeks, he's going to be putting up an average of 20 to 25 points. I mean, I think he's going to be really valuable down the stretch there. Um, TJ Yeldon has been obviously a great pickup in uh, Fournette's absence. And with Corey Grant going on IR, looks like he's going to probably get even more work in the passing game. Buck Allen is averaging, I think, 2.8 yards per carry throughout the season, but they still refuse to give Alex Collins the majority of the work there. And, um, but this is kind of what we see um, with him. He's really got a ceiling there, especially when he doesn't get a touchdown. He's not going to be putting up too many points. And then, obviously, in a loss by third or what is it 16 points it's really tough to see two goose eggs on the team there with uh two guys getting injured brandon cooks took a vicious hit and that's really tough to see especially that early in the game and then Sparing jenkins uh was wasn't a bad play in kansas city with a really bad defense there so it's tough to see that in a pretty close loss yeah i mean i don't think jay's gonna get five points out of the tight end position this entire year with the Rays going um but I think with Adams' performance, should have at least made up for one of those receivers. But, yeah, you can't have two goose eggs and expect to win, which is unfortunate for him. Yeah. Actually, on the tight end thing, um, I actually – I don't know if you remember that he actually picked up Cameron Brait last week, which I think is a really solid pickup with Jameis Winston back. And Brait's yeah. uh, had a couple solid weeks, you know, in the past couple weeks, and he's got his bye over with now. So I actually think that going forward might be a sneaky good option there. Yeah, but – all of Jay's tight ends have been cursed, so <laughs> that's true. He'll find a way. Uh, at least he's not going to break his ankle like on David's squad. I'll jinx it. Yeah, right. <sighs> All right, it's time. <laughs> We're on to a matchup with Garrett. Good sense. Uh, well, I'm guessing on your screen, you're on the left side, right? Uh, the winning side, yes, that's correct. <sighs> All right, start it off. Brag about your 200 points. I mean, honestly, I did not expect 200 points, but I mean, when you, James just, Conner... you described in detail throughout the week many times about how <laughs> you were going to assault my anus with your yeah. points. I think you were expecting this. Yeah, it was more of a rape and murder versus just an assault at this point. But um, yeah, you don't expect James Conner to have 
to have two touchdowns, almost 200 all-purpose yards. Barkley to have two touchdowns, over 100 yards again. I played Marcus Valdez-Scantling just as like a Packers fan just because, you know, I wanted to see what he could do. He had a pretty huge game. You know, DeAndre Hopkins, huge game against Dallas. Didn't really expect – I mean, he a little bit of his projection, but I didn't expect him to go for that many yards. Brady did Brady stuff finally. Ertz is looking like the best tight end in the league right now just based on how much Wentz trusts him. Carolina, you know, the kicker defense thing has been no issue for me this year so far. And if I would have played Demarius Thomas, which I would never have against the Jets, I would have had any more points, but I didn't really need him. Yeah. Um, Valdez Scantling, I mean, if we had known on Thursday that uh, Allison and Kyle were both going to be out, I think we probably would have talked about him as a pretty solid start. Um, I mean, there's so many points to go around in the Packers receiving core, and when they tell talk about him having a big role and not like there's really anybody else who would have that role, um, he was a pretty solid lock for uh, at least – 12 to 15, I think, there. Um, yeah, all right. Well, on my side of the ball, I mean, in the top half here, the first five players or so, I had a pretty solid scoring. Freeman was clearly my biggest letdown. Not that there was anything I could do this week anyways, but, uh, you know, six points out of him. Hopefully they're just easing him back in um, and what they have the Bucks this week, so I'm hoping to get a little recovery out of there. Vance McDonald split time evenly with Jesse James. He had, like, one more snap, but uh, he had – one less catch, one point. Taewon Taylor, you know, um, he was looking promising after they cut Rashard Matthews, gave him seven, I think, seven targets last week, maybe eight. And uh, I thought maybe he could break one off here. I was kind of shooting for high points, and he was really disappointing, falling back from 63% snap count last week to only 46% this week. So, you know, it's uh, it's tough. I mean, especially when you look at my defense and kicker. And, again, I got 35 points out of there. I've been putting up solid points down there all year, but I just can't seem to get a break anywhere. Um, like I said, I'm averaging playing against 168 points every week. So it's pretty rough. I think I would have beat like four other teams this week, but uh, that's, that's yeah. all I can say. Go ahead. If you have any comments. Yeah. I mean, I think it is important to note that you're arguably three or definitely two best players in Trey Burton and Jordan Howard are out this week or had a bye last week. So, and I think Taylor Gabriel is actually pretty underrated too. I think, he would have definitely outscored Grant and Taylor at least. Yeah, it's tough. What are you gonna do? I mean, um, now nah, I mean we'll we'll talk, you know, standings and stuff later in the season and update the points for and stuff. But it's it's not out of hand. Um, but I'm gonna have a real tough road ahead here. <laughs> uh, I haven't fully given up yet, but you know, here we go. <laughs> here you go. It's time. It's time. All. Time to go. <laughs> time to start now the season starts yep 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 uh, all right well if you don't have anything else to add um i don't think we really since just the two of us have any real segment to do this week or anything like that um you have any comments to add uh no but i'll appreciate if you send over my plaque for 200 points whenever you get the chance yeah you get your five dollars on venmo if, I, I know you probably need it so i'll send it to you <laughs> i do, I do need it. <laughs> all right man uh we'll see you guys on thursday see you. Break.